Wow. I love that last song we sang. I asked Brother Greg if it was possible to sing it before the message because not only is it a testimony of what Sandy and I have experienced in our own lives, but I trust that in your own life too that you can echo those words when it says, all my life you've been faithful. All my life you've been so, so good. With every breath, I will sing of the goodness of God. Brother Greg asked me to uh, speak this morning and to speak on this very thing, the goodness of God. When you think of 41 years of Battlefield Baptist and how that God has done so many great things here, how could you not think of the goodness of God? How could you not reflect on the goodness of God? I mean, look around you. People can say, well, we gave, we, we, we worked hard and things like that. But no, 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 you missed the point. All this is possible because of the goodness of God. Everything that we are is because of the goodness of God. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 11, he says, it's only by the grace of God I am what I am. But you understand one thing, and this I hope you can capture today because through doing this preparation for this particular sermon and for this particular message, I've come to realize this very thing. If you don't get much of the message today, and hopefully you don't turn the switch off and, and just, you know, sit there. But remember this. God is gracious because he's good. The grace of God that you and I experienced at the moment of salvation, the grace of God that you and I experience every day is only because God is good. The mercy that God displays to man is only because God is good. God's only obligation that he's made to man is only because of what he said in the scripture. He has no obligation to us. So many people think, well, if, you know, God's supposed to do this. No, he really doesn't. We see that in the scriptures in Psalms 115, verses 5 and 6, and, and Psalms 135, verses, uh, verse uh, 6, that God rules in heaven, and he does what he wants to. He just happens to include us because he's good. Amen. He's good. Can you get excited about that this morning? Okay. Now, when we speak of the goodness of God, many times the, the saying, the cliche comes to mind, God is good, and all the time, well, I hope that it's more to you than that. Because this morning, folks, I want us to see that the goodness of God should produce three things in our lives. The, the, the goodness of God should produce praise and, and rejoicing. The, the goodness of God in our, in our lives should produce repentance. Yes, you heard that correctly. It should produce repentance. And then it also should produce a pursuit. And I want us to turn our Bibles this morning to Psalms 107. Psalms 107, and could we all stand, please? I don't normally ask this, but could we all stand? Psalms 107, let's read verses 1 through 3. 
Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy, and gathered them out of the lands from the east, from the west, from the north, and from the south. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. Oh, Lord, my heart has been blessed through this worship of music. I trust others have been blessed. I trust, Lord, that, that their hearts have been prepared. Their hearts have been now made ready to receive what you have for us this morning. Oh, Lord, your, your, your word needs to fall upon good ground today. Hearts that have been prepared. And in actuality, God, we should have been prepared before we walked into your house. But, Lord, I pray that folks through the participation in worship and music, now that they're ready to listen to what you have to say. Oh, dear Lord, I pray this morning that we would push aside distractions, we'd push aside anything that would capture our attention, that would divert us from what you have for us this morning. This is your word. Psalms 119, verse 160 says, your word is true from the beginning. And we need to understand that what we're listening today is truth, your word, not the word of Brian Wise, not the word of anyone else, but the word of God. And if that person today is here without Jesus, they need to understand that it's the word of God, that incorruptible seed, as Peter says in 1 Peter 1.23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever that that will change their life today when they see the goodness of you, O oh God. Our great God, our great Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, Father, may we not sit in our pews today with an attitude of, oh, here we are again. But oh, may we at this time take a moment to reflect on what your word has to say because of your goodness. But then, Lord, I pray I pray, Lord, that you would use me as your instrument this morning. I pray, Lord, that you would give me your wisdom, your power, and your strength, and the words that you want this morning. Holy Spirit, work among us this morning as you, through God's word says, can do, convince us of sin, righteousness, and of judgment. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would call the sinner home. I pray, Lord, that for the, the believer that's here today that has been caught up in many things of life and their struggles, I pray, Lord, that they would see your goodness and come running back to you. We give you the praise for it all and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. It's a privilege for Sandy and I to be with you all, and it's a privilege for us to be able to celebrate 41 years, but the reflection that we want to look at today is this, what verse, here in Psalms 107, and it says, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, amen? And we all could say, and we all could testify that God is good in our lives, Amen? And in the struggles that you go through every day or the traffic you fight or the job that you work, never, never, never forget God is good. God is good. But you see, we can voice that, we can acknowledge that. And I want to say that because of doing this preparation, I myself have been convicted. 
Because as I told Brother Greg last night, I have never personally done a study on the goodness of God. Oh, we preach about it, don't we? We draw it to your attention. We, we draw it to the people's attention there in Nicaragua. But to do an actual in-depth study on the goodness of God, I've never really done. And I felt ashamed of how, how little I actually did know of just how good God is. But then exactly what that goodness should do in my life. And I told Sandy that I hope I never forget this. I hope there's something now in my life that every day will be produced that will continue and grow even more. Because you see, the measure of our Christian walk and our Christian life isn't what we know here. It's the measure of what we can do and what we produce through what we have in our heart. That's what the, that list there in 2 Peter chapter 3, or chapter 1, verses 3 through 8, speak about that if these things abide in you and abound, what things? Well, when you take and have the moment, go and read verses 5 through 7, and you'll find seven things that are listed that Peter says these are what should be produced in our lives, and that's the measuring stick of how you and I are growing in Christ. Not how much Bible knowledge we know. Oh, it's great to know the scripture. We need to know the scripture. Amen? Amen. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 2 Timothy 2.15. I'll slow down, honey. Okay. And 2 Timothy 3.16. Okay. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Amen. For doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And notice that how it ends there. Perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. It means it's going to be produ uh, something that's produced in your life. It should be something that's evident in your life. And so when we continue on here, I want to ask the question, how can people see that God is good in your life? How are you showing that God is good in your life? Believer, Christian. Because the first thing that we see here in the scripture is that the goodness of God should produce, either, we can use the word praise, rejoicing, all these different things that we, we clump together in this respect of bragging on God. And verse 2 says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Say what? That God is good. And it's not talking about just when you have testimony time just before the Lord's Supper. This is something that's supposed to be evident in our lives every day. This is something that we should be declaring, we should be producing a praise, a bragging on God because he's good in our lives and we let everyone know about it. We don't hold it back. How many things in this world do we, that, that we find are good that we, that we don't uh, share with others? Okay? Uh, how many of you ladies know there's when there's a good sale at Kohl's and you don't tell anybody? Huh? I mean, Sandy has seen things on Facebook. Oh, my goodness. You need to go, ladies, you need to go down here today because there's a great buy on this. If we can do that with material things, why is it difficult to do it with God? Why? Why is it difficult for us even in church 
to get a holy grunt sometimes. Why? Let's do a little, let's see if we can do a little uh, practice here. Turn to your Bibles to Psalms 136. We're only going to do the first four verses. Now, Psalms 136 has a, a wonderful echo throughout every verse. So here's what I'd like to try. <clears throat> I'd like to, tr- to do this where I read the first part of the verse and then you respond with the second part. Okay, what I mean by it is this, Psalms 136, verse 1, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. And then you'd respond? Okay, now, can we do that with just a little more enthusiasm? Okay, can we do that today? Let's try it, and let's see if we can really produce what we really think we say and we believe in our heart, that God is good, Okay. Psalms 136, verse 1. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Oh, give thanks unto God, of all of God's. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of Lords. Isn't that awesome? And, and wouldn't it be great in our churches if we just took time to do that in our church services? To let the congregation, the redeemed of the Lord, say so. Proclaim his goodness. Sing of his wondrous works. Because God is good. Look with me in Psalm 63. Psalm 63, and let's look at the first three verses there, four verses. David said... O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see thy power and thy glory as, so as I have seen, in thee, seen thee in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus I will bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. Now you say, well, the word goodness or good is not there. In Hebrew... What got translated into English from Hebrew or from uh, Hebrew to English is that the same Hebrew word for goodness is also the same word for loving kindness. So everywhere in the Psalms where you see that word loving kindness, it also is the same word for goodness. And we're going to see here in a moment how that actually applies in our life. But you see here, David said, my soul longeth for thee, thirsteth for thee. And he says, I, to see thy power and thy glory as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Or in other words, as I've seen God, you, in the sanctuary, in your house, I want to see it out there too. I want to see it away from the church. I want to see it in your evidence and the, and the goodness and the glory of, you, of who you are away from God's people. Because thy loving kindness or thy goodness is better than life. So I go back to the question again. How do you and I produce praise so that others can see that God is good? How are you and I a testimony of God's goodness in everything that we say and do? Because you see, there was a moment in 2 Chronicles chapter 5 where the people saw the glory of God 
And they said those words, the Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. And if you take time to read in 2 Chronicles chapter 5, verses 11 through 14, you'll see something very interesting there. You will see that in the dedication of Solomon's temple, that when the instruments and the singers became as one, that the glory of God filled the temple, insomuch that the priests could not perform their duties, and the people cried with one voice, the Lord is good, his mercy endureth forever. We can praise God here in, in the sanctuary, but we need to see his glory so that we can do it out there. That's why it's so important that you worship, guys. That's why it's so important that you participate in that time of worship. And you see, the scripture is really good in this, and I, I'm not going to take a long time to develop this, but the, the scripture is very good there. Because we have all kinds of, of reasons why we need certain music in the church or why we need this or why we need that and so forth. But I want you to just to look with me or, or think with me in a moment. Tell me, uh, Brother Cantwell, where are you? Yeah. Uh, tell me how loud 120 trumpets would be in here. <laughs> oh, the music's too loud. But that's how many trumpets there were at, at Solomon's temple. Ooh, that, that's when it gets quiet, doesn't it? Doesn't it, Sister Linda? That's when it gets quiet, doesn't it? And, and it says they also had cymbals and high-sounding cymbals. Mm. Now tell me how loud would it have been? And do you think that they would have the, acu the acoustic panels there? To, to kind of subdue the sound but that doesn't include all the other instruments that, that were used there but when there came a unity of the instruments and the singers which wasn't just the, only the sons of Asaph but the whole congregation singing God was pleased and his glory filled the temple. This took place before Solomon's dedicatory prayer. This took place before Solomon's message to the people. Can I stress to you once again how important it is to worship? Can I stress to you one more time? Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good. For his mercy endureth forever. Can I stress to you the importance of that the loving kindness of God is better than life and that we shouldn't be overly concerned, and, and I know this sounds harsh, but we really shouldn't be overly concerned how others react to it. If God's good in your life, let him know about it. And let me ask the question, when hasn't God been good? Well, you don't know what I'm going through. I, and I'm sorry, I don't. And I can, I can sympathize with you. But really, folks, the struggles of life should not diminish how you feel God is good. And if you look back in our text again, in verse 2 of Psalms 107, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, 
whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Are you saved? Are you saved? It's hard to get the redeemed, the Lord say so. Are you saved? Amen. Oh, then let it be known. Praise God for it. Praise God that you are saved, that you're redeemed. Praise God that your name is written in heaven. You know, when Jesus sent his disciples out, we find this in Luke chapter 10, that he sent out the, the, the disciples and he said, you're going to have power to be able to heal, cast out demons, but you need also to preach that the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. They come back and they're just all excited. Oh, you won't believe this, Lord. The demons did leave. We had power over them. We were able to heal. And Jesus brought it back into perspective when he said, don't rejoice over what you did. This is the wise translation. Okay. Don't rejoice over what you did, but rejoice that your name is written in heaven. Oh, and you know why that's all possible? Because God is good. Because God is good. So the goodness of God should produce praise, rejoicing, bragging on who God is. We shouldn't be timid about that. We shouldn't give, be, be, be hesitant to give God the credit for all that it is in our life. People throughout the ages have suffered more than we have. But we find that they were always able to praise the Lord. Polycarp, when he was standing at the, to be martyred, he said, I've served the Lord these 80 years and he has never once failed me. Because he was asked to recant. He said, I've served the Lord these 80 years and he never once has failed me. Why should I fail him now? Folks, God is good. And it should produce a praise in your mouth all the time. But also there's something that we need to, to look at. Here in Psalms 107, we have three other or four other uh, situations through here where the psalmist explains what took place in the life of the children of Israel. And we're not going to go through each one of them, but I want us to focus on what verse 8 says. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Not only should the goodness of God produce praise in our life and rejoicing, but it also should produce repentance. And what I mean by that is this. In each one of these situations, they by their own choices went astray from God. But then if you read in verse 6 and then later on in other verses, then they cried into the Lord in their trouble. Oh, all of a sudden, God, you're good. Help me. Help me. But what it should have produced in their life is remembering just how God good, how good God is so they wouldn't get in these situations but we're so quick to forget, aren't we? 
Even so much that if you look in Psalms 51, look with me in Psalms 51, verse 1. David cried unto the Lord, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. Again, the word, same as goodness. According to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Even though David fell into sin, he realized that only because of God's goodness would he ever get the forgiveness of sin that he needed. According to thy loving kindness. How much do we under, uh, we underappreciate the goodness of God? How much do we really underappreciate the fact that if we would concentrate more on God's goodness as opposed to the situations of life, that we could avoid a lot of problems in our life? And David, even though he sinned, he knew that the only reason why that he could get forgiveness was because of God's goodness. And I'll go back to this again. God is gracious and God is, is good. God is gracious because of his goodness. The grace of God that we have today is because God is good. And I want us to look in Romans chapter 2. And this is where, you know, the first part, it should produce praise and we can rejoice in that. But this is where it gets a little solemn. Romans chapter 2, if you're familiar what takes place in Romans chapter 1, you understand that from verse 18 and following, that uh, through the end of chapter 1, that got, uh, Paul explains here this progression of digression or, or progression of sin in the lives of people that forgot God. Who did not honor God, neither glorified him as God, and neither were they thankful, so they created themselves these idols. Okay, And then you have this progression even so much that you get down to where they became in verse 30 inventors of evil things and we could say "Ooh, yeah that's where we are today brother brian yeah and i agree okay and many times in sermons we stop here at the end of chapter one but really the the theme continues on in chapter two when paul says therefore thou art inexcusable O man which man the sinner? No. He's talking to the believers at Rome. Listen. Listen, child of God, what the rest has to say. Whosoever thou art that judges, for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself, for thou that judges dost the same things. Oh, now wait a minute. I'm not an inventor of evil, but you're a sinner. Oh, well, now, wait a minute. I, I, I honor God. I come to church. But you sin. You're still living in sin. You still have those things in your life that have more importance than God, which then is an idol. And this is where many times believers start getting, their, as the old saying says, their feathers ruffled. Because we don't want to look it in the face and admit 
who we really are. But we are sure, verse 2, that the judgment of God is according to truth against them that, which commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such things, and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? Or despisest thou the riches of his what? Huh? What? Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to what? Ooh. The goodness of God should then lead us to repentance in our lives, understanding that it's not just confessing, it's repenting. Oh, but I repented when I got saved. That's great, and that's what's happened. But what about now? The Christian life is really a life of repentance. Oh, Brother Brian, where are you coming up with that? Well, again, we don't have the time this morning. If you look through Ephesians 4, 17 through 32, Paul says we need to take off the old and put on the new. And the only way you're going to do that is through repentance. And that's why he gives some examples there. If you have a problem lying, start telling the truth. So you take off the lie and you replace it with the truth. This, this uh, a, a illustration that Paul uses here actually means this, uh, and that's why I love Spanish so much. ¿Dónde están los que pueden hablar español? Amen, hermano. Okay. Despojaos. That means to literally just take off and rip it off and get rid of it. Despojaos. Why? It's the, it's the illustration of a, of a dirty raiment that you, that you need to get rid of because you've worn it so long and it smells so bad, people are just like... <laughs> but we love our sin, don't we? Admit it. We love our sin. Man loves his sin, and man loves to sin. So I said it's a little quiet now, doesn't it? Oh, it's great to praise God for his goodness, but when you look at how the goodness of God is also in our lives when it comes to the fact of growing in Christ, we need to realize that we need God's goodness to repent. You and I will not... Leave those things which are behind. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, a new creation. Old things passed away. Behold, all things become new. How do you think old, all things become new or are continuing? Because it's a progression there in the Greek. It's continuing being made new. How do you think that happens if you don't repent? In the Hebrew, the word repentance gives the illustration of a, uh, of a man who wants to leave the current house that he's in and go live somewhere else, he builds another house, but so that he's not drawn back to that old house, 
he utterly destroys it. Burns everything that's burnable, overturns every stone that can be overturned so that there is no remembrance of that old house. That is repentance. So that you're not drawn back to that old pet sin again. And Paul says here in verse 4, or despisest thou the riches of his goodness? The, the, the word in Spanish is menosprecios or menospreciar, which means to have contempt. That you think that it's of lesser value. That in, in, in very crude terms, you spit on it. To the Nicaraguans, menospreciar is a strong word. Los hermanos en Bolivia también, okay? It's a strong word. When they give you something, food or whatever, if you don't show a, an appreciation for it, they immediately say to you, oh, so you don't, you, you, you do not appreciate it. Menosprecio. Oh, to you it's not anything good, huh? That's what they say. And the, the first time that happened, I'm like, no, 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 I didn't mean that at all. Okay? And they're, they're, they're not shy of saying it to you. If we don't appreciate God's goodness, what do you think we're doing? If we don't appreciate just how good God is in our life, in every situation, in every daily situation, what do you think we're doing? And could that be the reason why we're happy to come to church, but when we leave church, we just like going back to our old ways? Because we don't repent. We don't use the time here to praise God. And then seeing God who he really is, be like Isaiah, woe is me, for I'm a man of unclean lips. Could it be that the world doesn't really know how much the goodness of God is because we ourselves don't show it enough? God has been good to Battleford, has he not? But I think in every one of our lives, including my own, there's room for us to show just how good God is. And there's room for letting that goodness Revealed to us what we need to do to be a better son of his. I'll put it in those terms. Through repentance, spiritual growth, and not despise God's goodness. The riches of his goodness. And not despise his forbearance and not despise his long-suffering. God is good. So where does that take us? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's look at Psalms 107. And like I said, throughout Psalms 107, you have this verse, Oh, that men would praise the Lord. And really, guys, that is a plea, not an announcement. It's a plea. 
The psalmist is like begging, like Paul in Romans 12, 1. Oh, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. The psalmist is saying, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. Oh, people, please work with me here. Praise God for his goodness, the psalmist is saying. Wake up. God is good. We love the fuzzy good field sermons about it, but the truth of the matter is God is our deliverer. God is our strength. God is our refuge. God is our helper. God is our supplier. God is God, and he is good. Let that be revealed in your life, not only in praise, but in repentance. But then, look with me in the last verse, verse 43. Whoso is wise and will observe these things, even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. And one last time, remembering that loving kindness and goodness is the same word. So the psalmist is saying, whoso is wise and will observe these things, what things? That it's good to give thanks unto the Lord for his good. What things? That men should praise the Lord for his goodness. Okay, what things? That it's that we have a great God, a great Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Much so much that the hymn writer said, A wonderful Savior is Jesus my Lord, a wonderful Savior to me. Oh, you won't know the fullness of that until you understand how, God, how good God is. Okay. And that song we sang before the message, of every breath, I will sing of the goodness of God. So what it should do in our lives, it should also produce a, a pursuit. Produce praise, rejoicing, produce repentance, but it also should produce a pursuit in what? In understanding and getting to know the goodness of God even better. Every day. Because the psalmist said, even they shall understand, or they shall understand the loving kindness or the goodness of God. And that's why I said from the very beginning, folks, we say God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. But it should be more than that to us. It should be more than just a statement, a cliche that we say in church. It should be that which we pursue after so that we can understand in knowing just how good God is. And when we do that, guess what? All the things that uh, we consider as the burdens of life, the struggles of life, they mean nothing. Well, I got offended. Take a number. But God's good. Focus on that. Pursue that. You see, Paul and his companions read in, in uh, 2 Corinthians how that they were shipwrecked, beaten, and, and suffered hunger, and suffered even nakedness, Paul said. But he said, 
even though we've done all these things, we're not discouraged. Huh? Well, Brother Paul, you don't, you don't know what they said to me. Well, Paul said, okay. But why are you letting that affect you? Why are you letting, why are you letting that keep you from serving God? Why are you letting that keep you out of... <clears throat> Did God's goodness change in your life? Well, if God's goodness didn't change, then why should you let something keep you from serving him? Why should you let something keep you from pursuing God's goodness? Why should I? Because you see, the enemy knows exactly just that little button in your life that he needs to push. And if he can push just that right button, then guess what? You're going to respond to it. And when you respond to it, beyond remembering just how God good how good God is, then guess what? You're gonna be a person that forgets the goodness of God and think you're more important. Battlefield be a church that pursues the goodness of God in your life individually, and when you do that individually, it will spread around. We don't serve God because some gray-haired, wiry pastor stands up here and says, you need to do it. No, we, show, we serve God because he's good. And we stop serving God because we forget that. Well, I don't like what to... That means nothing. That's why Martin Luther could say, feelings come and feelings go. And feelings are deceiving. My trust is in the word of God. None else is worth believing. I will trust in God's unchanging word till soul and body sever, for heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word will stand forever. And in his word, we see that God is good. And in his word, we see that we need to be individuals who are wise and observe these things. The word observe means to do it. Make it a practice in your life. Make it that it is a characteristic of your life. Make it so that people can say, man, that person really, really shows that God is good. It's evident. Why do you think one of the fruits of the Spirit is goodness? Just so that you're with me. I'm closing here, honestly. In Galatians chapter 5.
verses 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. The word fruit means things that are evident, things that are obvious, observable. These should be produced in our lives in such a way that it reflects who produced it in us. The fruits of the Spirit. God is good, and he wants us to show it. God is good, and he wants us to appreciate it by being individuals who repent and grow in him. But God is good, and he wants us to show it and know it. And then the psalmist says, you'll understand the goodness of God. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like more information about our ministry, check out our website at battlefieldbaptist.org or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We'll see you next time.